know, I was reading this week and I read an article and it was talking about how uh, it is proven that laughter is a good medicine. And you know, in, in this life we live, sometimes it's one of the greatest things missing is laughter. <laughs> Case at hand. <laughs> and uh, I began to flip through and Google and, and look at some things and I read some um, church bulletin, I don't know if we call it mishaps or bloopers, but I'm going to give you a couple of them. And one of the bulletins read, due to the rector's illness, Wednesday's healing services will be discontinued until further notice. <laughs> the Reverend Merriweather spoke briefly, much to the delight of the audience. My wife tells me that every week. This was in a church's bulletin during a, a period of time where the pastor was out with sickness and an illness, and it said this in all caps, God is good. Dr. Harvgrave is better. One more. The pastor will preach his farewell message, after which the choir will sing, Break Forth into Joy. And I am not delivering my farewell message today. <laughs> Praise God. Laughter is good. I want to minister on a passage of Scripture this morning that every single one of you are familiar with. You've probably heard it. I've heard it. But God is doing something inside of me and returning me to some um, basics and simple truths, if you will. And uh, I was talking to someone before church and and God is really stretching me and taking me out of my comfort zone a lot because I'm, I'm the guy that likes to get up here and be ringing wet and, whoa, you know, just going. And, and he's causing me to treat a little bit. And uh, I spoke Friday night at a church who is having a, a monthly uh, Friday night fire services. And, and God just really took me out of my comfort zone and had me speaking some things. And he just did a phenomenal move. So I, I want to share with you and what I'm bringing to you, I want you to know it is something that God is doing in me. And I believe wholeheartedly, Pastor Corbin, it's a result of our 21 days of prayer fasting where we met here every morning at 6 o'clock for prayer. And God began to stir and change some things in me. And one day in this passage that we're going to read in just a moment, Jesus had all of His disciples and they were in this place in the desert outside of the city of Bethsaida. And uh, it was late in the day, and, and they had, they, you know the miracle story where they had just fed the thousands with, with five loaves and, and two fish, and they saw Christ multiply it. They seen the miracle happen in their hands as they broke the bread, and they handed the fish out. They seen it just keep overflowing and, and, and never running out. And, and, and then he, he then sent the people away. And as he sent the people away, he told the twelve disciples to get on the boat and cross over to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And after he'd sent them away and he sent the disciples away, it tells us that, that Jesus went on the mountaintop to pray. Jesus went to the mountainside to pray. And um, while he's there praying and the disciples are in the middle of the Sea of Galilee, you, you know what happens. The storm came up. 
The storm rose, the winds got heavy, the, the rain got heavy, the waves were rocking the boat. And, and, and you, you know, think about it. three of these guys were fishermen, Peter and a couple of others. They, they were fishermen. They were used to being on the Sea of Galilee. This was nothing new to them, experiencing a storm like this. And around 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus started heading towards them, walking on the water. And uh, when the disciples saw him, they were terrified. And they began to say, is this a ghost? What, what is this? And, and then Jesus calls out to them and says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I don't know about you, but I am so thankful that I've got a heavenly Father that in the middle of my storm, He'll come to me. Walking on top of whatever the storm is, He'll come walking to me. Not come strolling in like I'm here to say, no. He just gently and quietly moves in. In the midst of that storms that we face in life, let me move forward. Let me read this to you. Matthew chapter 14, and we begin with verse 20. It says this, They all ate and were satisfied. This is after they had fed the, 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 the thousands and they, they had seen the miracle. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides the women and children. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of Him to the other side. While He dismissed the crowd... After he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come. Lord, if it's you, tell me to come out on the water. Come, Jesus said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. Oh, you of little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Let's talk about this a minute. I know I preached this not too long ago, but God just keeps kind of taking me back and showing me some different things. Let's talk about his walking on water. Now, as I told you a moment ago, Peter and two of the other disciples, they were fishermen. They, they, they were accustomed to storms rising up when they were out on the water making a living. They, they, they were used to it. They had spent hours and hours in a boat. And, and, and if you would, they, you would call it their comfort zone. The boat was their comfort zone. A lot of church folks, this boat is their comfort zone. Oh my. Went from preaching to meddling, didn't I? This boat is our comfort zone, and you, you, you call it the comfort zone, and, and this wasn't their, uh, if you will, their first rodeo. It wasn't their first time out to sea. Although the waves were fierce, they were in their element. They were accustomed to this. They, they, they knew the water. They knew the boats. They, they, they knew how to take care of it. But suddenly, out of nowhere, they see something walking on the water coming towards them. Now, I don't know if you've ever been on a boat and a storm come. It's kind of a, 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 it's a scary thing. It, it kind of flips you out. and I couldn't imagine it being dark, and all of a sudden I see something come walking towards me. Now, don't y'all get all holy and spiritual on me. You too would flip out. 
You'd be shaking in your fishing boots. Because none of the twelve had ever seen anything like this. They'd not seen something on the water. I mean, they were used to the water. They'd been there dozens of times. But they had never seen something come walking towards them while they were casting their nets. <laughs> it was unheard of now. And I don't know if any of you have seen anybody walking on water. I have failed to see it. I have come close in the mountains when a snake came across the water at me, but I have failed to walk on water. <laughs> but Jesus. But Jesus came walking on the water doing something that they didn't expect. Now you would think the disciples, after seeing the miracles that he had performed and, and taking something ordinary and creating something extraordinary out of it, that they would expect something like this from Jesus. They would expect to see something out of the order. I mean, he had just taken five loaves and two fish and fed over 5,000 folks with it. I mean, they had seen him take just simple dirt and saliva and make mud and, and eyes open up. They had seen miracle after miracle. They had seen him do it, and they knew all the story. But yet, he did something they totally unexpected. Isn't that just like God? Pastor Eric, isn't that just like God to move in an unexpected way in the midst of our situation, in the midst of our storms in life, in the midst of all hell breaking out around us? It's just like my Heavenly Father to come in in this quiet, gentle way, in a way I never dreamed of, I never thought it would happen, I never seen it, I never imagined it, and yet here He comes right in the midst of it, and He shows up. Okay, now, I'm just going to be very transparent. Maybe you're not in the middle of a situation and you don't need Him to come walking in, but I do. I do, every day. <laughs> Maybe you're in one of those seasons where you don't. Well, fasten your seatbelt because a curve's coming. Grab a hold of this. Grab a hold of it. Because it's just like God to show up in an unexpected way. I expect him to come barging through the front door saying, Here I am! And he comes quietly in the back door. Or in the side door. Or, or, or He'll speak to you through a child. He'll speak to you through a spouse. And a light bulb will go off. He'll speak to you through a total stranger. And you're like, whoa, what did they just say? They weren't even talking to me. Wow. Oh, okay, God. I get it now. In a total... Uh, what am I telling you? Get ready to start expecting the unexpected. Because I am praying and believing that we're going to enter into a rim that I like to refer to as the unexplainable. The, the, the rim of where... You know, not just where you're at the outer courts and not where you're at the inner court, but you're in the Holy of Holies. You're in a place that is unexplainable. Just like Jesus walking on the water, coming to calm their storm and show them who He is in the midst of their storm, He's going to show up in an unexplainable way that we're going, Really? Wow! Because I am so, so thankful that I, like Pastor Eric, I have seen God come into my storm and just come walking in in a way I never, 
ever expected right into the middle of my storm. And it is never the mentality of I'm the hero, here I am. It's always a gentle, humble spirit that He just moves in. He just moves in. You see, the disciples, they, they shouldn't have been surprised when they seen Jesus coming. It shouldn't have shocked them at Jesus doing something that they'd never seen before. Because when I read my Bible, Pastor Corbin, he's always doing something unusual. Always something different that you never expected. Always, some, always something strange, it seems. And every time he moves in my life, it's always in a, a different way than I ever imagined or dreamed. You see, that's just his nature. He, he takes an, the unusual and he, he, he makes it extraordinary for us. And although there were 12 disciples in the boat, there was one disciple named Peter. Now parents, you always have that one kid. Amen? Miss Cheryl's not here, so I'm going to pick on her. She says her mom always said if she'd have been the first one born, she'd have never had another one. Because she was that one kid. Her and Todd are celebrating a honeymoon or anniversary, yeah. I hope they're listening. <laughs> There's always that one. There was a boatload of disciples, but there was only one named Peter. He's the one who moved toward Jesus. He's the one... Oh, you didn't hear that. He's the one that moved toward Jesus. How often in the middle of the storm do we pull away from Jesus? How often in the storm do we pull away from the folk that God's placed in our lives and we need to be around them? How many times do we remove ourselves instead of walking towards Jesus? The one thing I've learned through everything my wife and I have been through is that we need each other. We need one another. And Peter is the only one that moved towards Jesus and got out of the boat and walked on water. Wow, what that must have felt like. You see, what I want us to grasp this morning is we need to get the spirit that was inside of Peter. We need the spirit that recognizes and moves towards God in the middle of our situations. In the middle of the storm, we don't retreat, we don't run and hibernate, we don't isolate ourselves, we don't lock ourselves in a dark room, but we move towards Christ. That's what Peter did. He didn't stay in the boat where it was comfortable. Oh, we all have that comfort zone. We all have that comfortable place. He didn't stay where it was comfortable. He saw that Jesus was doing something amazing. He saw that Jesus was doing something so amazing. And he said, Lord, if that's you, I want some of that. I'm gonna, I, want, I want to walk on it too. I want to be where you're pouring it out. I want to be where you are. I want to walk in your presence. I want to be in your presence. I want to dwell in your house. I want to dwell in your courts. Jesus, if that's you, tell me to come because I'm on my way. I'm jumping out of this boat. If i got to swim, I'm going to swim. Jesus, tell me to come if that's you. Peter wasn't afraid to step out of his comfort zone. My, my, you're quiet this morning. 
I know it's Labor Day weekend and maybe you were on the lake all day. I don't know, but... <laughs> you see, it would have been easy for Peter just to sit there with the rest of the disciples going, oh, what is that? <laughs> it's a ghost. They're coming to get us. Oh, oh, come on now. You've watched enough Pirates of the Caribbean movies. It would have been easy to sit there and fret and worry. They were comfortable. They were content. They knew they could ride the storm out. And it would have been easy just to sit right where they were and watch the storm blow through, but not Peter. He wasn't about to stay on that boat when he saw Jesus stirring and moving. He wasn't about to stay comfortable when he seen that Jesus was coming towards him. He wanted to be where Christ was and do what Christ was doing. How about you this morning? How about you this morning? Are you comfortable sitting in your boat and just riding the storm? Are you comfortable just sitting there and saying, feed me, Pastor, feed me, Pastor, feed me. Oh, that was a beautiful song, Pastor. Oh, Audrey, you rocked it. That was great. Oh, no. We, I want to be where he's at. I want to be in his house. I want to enjoy the presence of God. Wow. He wasn't about to stay there. He wanted to be where Christ was at. You see, if you want to see Christ work in a new way in your life, you've got to be prepared to do a new thing. God's working on this old boy. And He's stretching me. He's stretching me in areas Mr. Dan I never dreamed He would stretch me in. You know why? Because I was right. I was right. I had this church thing down. I've got it. I'm good. But he's beginning to change my mentality and change my thinking through some other folks that he's got my attention. And we have got to be prepared to do some new things in our personal lives. You see, and when I say new things in our personal lives, I'm talking about doing new things in our normal daily routines. Not necessarily changing life itself, but changing how we do our life. Cha cha somebody hear me. Changing how you deal with, changing how you do your life, changing what your normal is. Changing it. In other words, what am I telling you? You've got to do something different if you expect to see God move in a radical way in your life. You see, I'm hungry to see God move and change some things in my life. I'm hungry to see the miracle happen. I'm hungry to see the visible take place. I'm hungry to see the manifestation of His promises happen in my life. And therefore, if I want to see them, I've got to be like Peter and step out of my comfort zone and get out of my boat that, that I'm so comfortable in. You see, what we've got to do is we've got to begin to recognize that He is with you. We live our lives as if the spirit room is a separate entity. Peter recognized that, yeah, we're in the midst of a natural storm. Yeah, it's hitting. But Christ is right in the middle of it. He's right in the middle. This is natural. This is, this is a real trial. This is a, a real test. This is a real storm in, in real life. And, and all hell's breaking loose. And I recognize that Christ is in the middle of it. So therefore, I'm going after Him. I'm going to do something a little bit different. I, I'm going to be in the storm still, but I'm going towards Christ. I'm going after Him. I, uh, I was telling Pastor Eric, I, I, I like a lot of the old uh, R&B music. 
And uh, one day I was driving and I, I flipped it on. I don't remember what, I was, XM or something. And, and there was this old song by Aretha, Aretha Franklin. Yeah, is that right? And, and you probably heard the song a million times. It's called The Midnight Train to Boston. And there's a phrase in there. She said this phrase. And it was like, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit used Aretha Franklin to speak to me. I used a donkey. Come on. And she said this. She said, I'd rather live in his world than live without him in mine. Folks, I'd rather live in his world than live without him in mine. What am I saying? I'd rather step out of my boat and enter, enter into his rim than to sit in my boat and be comfortable. And I know that's not real popular. But see, it takes a step of faith. You want to see something different? The sign of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Some of you are insane. And receive that with the love that it was intended to go forth with. So what am I saying? I'm telling you, change. Do something different. It takes a step of faith. You see, it takes faith and it takes obedience to produce a new action. You know, you know my story, what happened just the, earlier three months ago on the doctor report, and I had to change something. I said, okay, God, I'm going to step out by faith, and I'm going to do what you've told me to do, and I'm going to take care of this body, and I'm expecting you to do the rest and do what you can do. And he's done it. It took that step of obedience. Was it easy? Absolutely not. Was it easy when we were at Angie's watching the ball game and she brings out this big cake and then the cheesecake and all this food? And I'm going, and my wife's just going, oh, yeah. No, it wasn't easy. But it takes discipline and obedience. You can have all the faith in the world, but till you obey, it's not going to do you any good. If Jesus said, get out of the boat, and Peter, what if Jesus had hollered back to Peter and said, come, and Peter said, uh-uh, that's scary out there. Are you sure that's not a ghost? It takes faith and obedience. We're good at saying we got faith, but then we look at our lives and is the obedience there. Obedience is the proof of faith, folks. You see, without faith and obedience, Peter would have never stepped out of the boat. Because you can have, like I said, you can have all the faith in the world, but until we act on what we believe, nothing's going to happen. The church has spoke too long and not been obedient and walked in it. Please don't throw stones yet. You know, folks, we proclaim when we say, all things are possible with God. And I believe it. I believe all things are possible. I mean, Jesus said in Luke 18 and 27, what is impossible with man is possible with God. And we say we believe it, but does our obedience prove that we believe that? Does our obedience prove it? You know, what about you this morning? Are you stuck in a boat? What's the boat you're stuck in? If so, what's it going to take for you to step out of that boat? 
What's it going to take for you to, to, to muster up the faith, to have the obedience to take that step over the side of the boat? Yeah, it looks deep. Yeah, it looks scary. But what's it going to take for you to step out of the boat, get real with yourself, and say, you know what? I've got to do something different if I want Christ to move in my life. Here's one suggestion to some folks. Just pray. Some of you just need to start praying. Prayer works. You pray enough and He's going to kick you out of the boat. He's, going to, <laughs> he's not going to be gentle for too long if you don't start acting. If you're praying, you're sensitive. He's going to give you a swift kick and get you out of the boat. You can pray anywhere. You don't have to wait till Sunday morning to pray. <coughs> God can move no matter where you're at. <coughs> Excuse me. Your heavenly Father, He will help you overcome whatever it is that's keeping you in that boat. Whatever has got you trapped in your boat, He will help you overcome it. He will help you step out and begin to walk and tread where you need to walk and tread. But, for that to happen, you must obey what He's telling you. You must obey what He's telling you. Now parents, I know your children are saints and angels. But have you ever had to tell your child more than once to do something? And you know by the third time, mine are going, Daddy, don't yell at me. Well, if you'd listened the first time, I wouldn't have to yell the fourth time. But my kids learn that after the first or second time, Daddy's going to drop the hammer. And Mr. Wooden Spoon's coming out. And Mr. Wooden Spoon's going to take care of business. Amen? And I say that to say this. How much are you going to read and hear and ignore? <laughs> Cherish, I'm going to go that old school wherever you're at. Can I get an amen? <laughs> How long are we? Come on now. You're, you can stay in the boat as long as you want to. And in order for the breakthrough to come, you've got to get out of the boat. Because if you've got all the faith in the world and you're sitting in the boat and Jesus is saying, Come, and you're not coming... Nothing's going to happen. You must obey what Christ is commanding us to do. If you're going to accomplish anything in the spirit realm, if you're going to be what God's called you to be, you've got to begin to put into action what He's placed inside of you. In Luke chapter 11, verse 28, I quoted this scripture yesterday morning in prayer, and it's just been going over and over and over in my head for the last two weeks. And Jesus simply says this. He said, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. You want to be blessed? Don't just hear it. Obey it. Let me read you a couple other translations. One translation says it this. More than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. 
And here's my favorite translation. Blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. Unfortunately, Friday night, Corbin was telling me the, the starting quarterback got hurt. And they've got a young man that has never played football. He's a junior in high school. And he said, the beauty of this thing is, is he don't have all this other garbage from all these others. And he's learning the systems from what we're teaching him. So therefore, he, only, he knew how to ex execute our system. He knew how to execute the system we taught him. He knew, that's all he knew. Folks, God's been putting the system inside of you. Are you executing? God... You want to be blessed? Five of us want to be blessed. I'm going to ask you one more again. Does anybody want to be blessed in the house? Yes. He says, then, obey the word. Be a doer, not just a hearer. Put what you know into practice. What am I telling you? Get out of the boat. Let me break it down a little easier for you. Get your tail out of the boat and do something. Do something. It's time for us to take steps of faith like we've never taken before. And in order for us to do that, in order, in order for us to take that step and, and us to move and get out of the boat, number one, we've got to be audacious. In other words, we've got to be adventurous. We've got to get adventurous. Yeah. If you're going to enjoy being with Jesus and doing what He is doing, you're going to have to take a chance on disappointment and frustration. Because number one, people will disappoint you. And number two, they will frustrate you. <laughs> I see some wives elbowing their husbands. <laughs> they will. You, can you imagine how scary it must have been for Peter? When he I mean, I could, just, I could just see Peter. just He's looking at Jesus going, Did you say come? Are you sure? One more again, Jesus. Come! And he looks down and goes, Okay! And then to his amazement, could you imagine walking on water going, Hey, alright! I'm coming! I'd have been running. I'd have seen that weight kicking up in the behind me, you know. I'd have been booking it. Yeah. I mean, he stepped out onto the water, and it wasn't a smooth, glassy sea. There was, the waves must have been of a, a, a great size for these fishermen to say, Whoa, we're in trouble. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard, to be honest, it's hard to step out of the boat when you're in the middle of a storm. You know, we went to the beach this week and my wife had watched Shark Week. You should have seen her trying to get in the water. I'll stay here. And that's the way we act. Because we've seen life, we've experienced life, and life is tough sometimes. You've heard me say it more than once. Sometimes living is heaven, sometimes it's hell. And even when it's hell, we got to step out into the water. we got to step out of the boat and keep moving. It's easy to sit here and preach and, and think, I would have jumped out of that boat. But I'm here to tell you, fear. Fear can keep anybody from taking a risk. 
whether it's in business, whether it's in personal life, or whether it's spiritually. Fear can keep us bound from taking a risk. Put yourself in Peter's position. He risked everything to step out into the unknown. And when God tells us and, and speaks to us to do something, are we willing to take the risk that He's laying before us? You see, if we don't obey God and we stay where we're at, you only become frustrated and discontent. And usually both. Because you get discontent, and when you get discontent, you get frustrated. You see, I'm simply talking about obedience in everyday life. We expect it out of our kids. And I thank God our children are in here with us today. It's, they come on the first Sunday of every month. Welcome, kids. Thank you. He's spoken to you through His Word. It's time to put it into practice. Simple as everyday obedience. We cry out and we want God to bless us. But are we putting into practice what we know? Paul tells us in Philippians 3.16, he says, Only let us live up to what we have already attained. In other words, Paul is telling us, live on the level you're at. He's saying, do what you know to do. Do, do what you know to do. Simple as that. And when you do what you know to do, you're going to take that risk and He's going to answer. Everyday obedience. In order for us to get out of the boat, number two, we've got to forgive and forget. Forgive and forget. <laughs> but we don't like that, do we? Forgiveness is tough. Forgiveness is hard. Pride and unforgiveness can keep us from getting out of the boat. I'm too proud. I got a nice boat here. This is comfy. I'm proud of this boat. <laughs> I knew I'd be plowing for a few minutes. You see, we will never have all that God wants to put into us. We will never have all that God has for us until we conquer forgiveness. Until, until we get rid of unforgiveness, we'll never walk in the abundance God has for us. And you're saying, well, I can't help the way I feel. They shouldn't have done that. They shouldn't have said that. Yeah, you're right. They probably shouldn't have. But the truth is, it's a decision. You can't overcome it. It's a conscious decision you make inside of you. You're, you're the one who decides to be down in the dumps and feel sorry for yourself until something else happens. And usually what happens, we go from that to one high and then we go right back to it. God will bless us with something and we don't recognize We go back and go, I can't believe it. And we whine and we mourn and we, come on now. It's like our lives sometimes are like a country song. If you weren't depressed before, you are daring. And we say, well, we can't help it. Yeah, you can. The choice is yours. You can choose to be prideful or you choose not to be prideful. You decide to forgive or not to forgive. You make the decision. Yes, it hurts. Yes, I hate you had to go through it. Yes, it was wrong. However, the only person you're hurting and holding on to unforgiveness is you. 
Because they've moved on. They don't care. Use the Word of God as your weapon against those feelings of resentment and bitterness. In order to step out of the boat, number three, you've got to do new things. It's time to do something new. It's time to do something different. If you want to see Jesus work in a new way in your life, you have to be prepared for new things. All of us should be growing as Christians. There are ways and opportunities that are going to present themselves to us as we move to new levels with God. You know, it's reasonable to say that, that Peter probably never thought about walking on water till that day. I would be willing to bet, Corbin, that that wasn't on his bucket list. He'd never even imagined walking on water till that day. And there's always going to be opportunities that present themselves. And you know what? In, in, in the human mindset, in our human realm, it's normally out of the ordinary, and God will present it, and we've got to have the faith and obedience to step out and do it, because in the spiritual realm, everything is ordinary with God. Everything is ordinary with Him. It doesn't matter what kind of situation you're facing this morning. It doesn't matter. If you get out of the boat, Jesus is going to take you to the other side. But it takes faith and obedience. It's easy just to sit and be comfortable. It's easy. But you normally end up getting restless and frustrated. So what am I telling you this morning? I want some folks to start walking on water. I want some folks to start walking. Just think of all the things you could do by overcoming that fear of taking a risk. If you overcame the fear of taking a risk for Christ, think of what God could do in your life. Some of you, He's called to teach a Bible study or, or, or pray for the sick, but yet... Fear's got us bound. Step out. You may be thinking, I've never done anything like that before. Who cares? Step out. It's, it's just time to get out of the boat. Can I just be honest and transparent? It's time to get out of the boat. You can be used of God. Whatever that dream, whatever is inside of you that you want so badly, it's possible through Him. It's possible. It can happen. So stop wishing that you were somewhere else and start looking for the possibilities that exist right where you are at. Look at them. Remember Luke eleven twenty eight. Jesus said, Blessed are those who hear the Word of God and put it into practice. Start practicing it. Every single day of your life, start practicing it. You want all things to change in your life, put into practice what you know in your everyday life. You may say, oh, that's easy for you. You're a pastor. No, it's not. I still have to get out of my boat. Just like you, got to get out of your boat. I'm just like you. I face the same struggles. I, I face temptations. I face, the, I face it. I, too, am getting out of my boat. So I want to challenge you this morning. Get out and start walking towards Him. Get out and start moving. Start doing. It's not just going to happen. When I went to Dr. Smoke and he told me my sugar was almost 400 and I got to change some things, I could have went home and said, Charlotte, let's pray. Oh, God, heal me. Hallelujah. 
and I could have sat there and just kept eating and kept eating. And you know what? I'd still have sugar over 400. But I said, God, I'm going to do what your word tells me to do. I'm going to start taking care of this temple. And I'm believing that you're going to do what only you can do. And as I did, he started doing it. I'm here to report my sugar staying below 110. I've dropped a bunch of weight and I feel 10 years younger. But you've got to step out and do something different. You can't just stay in the boat. Come help me close, Eric. We're going to pray and dismiss. and Y'all have a great Labor Day weekend and enjoy it. But I pray that you get uncomfortable. I pray that God puts briars in your seat right now and you have to get out of the boat and quit staying comfortable. It's not going to change until you obey. Until you do what you know to do. It's not going to change. Your situation's not going to change if you don't do. Because then you're opening the door for God to do what only God can do. Peter could have just sat in that boat and said, I'll wait for you to get to me, Jesus, like the rest of the eleven. But no, he wanted to be where Christ was. How bad do you want to be where Christ is at? How bad do you want to see him intervene on your situation? How desperate are you for him to move? How desperate are you for you for him? How desperate are you to see things change in your life? This old boy is pretty desperate to see things change in my life, in my home, in this house. I'm ready. But we've got to get out of the boat. My challenge to you is this as you stand with me. Take a step of faith today. <laughs> I'm going to say it again. Take a step of faith today. I read this quote this week and it said this. Faith is not the absence of doubt, but the means to overcome it. Faith is not the absence of doubt, it's the means to overcome it. So jump out of the boat. Because you know when you jump out of the boat, you're going to have more fun than humans ought to have. It's an exciting life. Jumping out of the boat for Christ. It's a lot of fun. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory. I challenge you. Put your faith into practice. Jump out and walk. Jump out and move. Some of you need to move today and begin to do what He's called you to do. Some of you need to step into a position He's called you to step into and you fought it and fought it and fought it. Some of you, he, he, there's classes that need to be taught that He's called you to teach. And you keep saying, oh, pastor can do it. No, He called you. There are some of you that He's called to work with our children. You're saying, oh, somebody else will do it. Somebody, no, He's calling you. Some of you, He's just calling you and knocking on your door to begin to be Jesus with skin on in your workplace. Step out of the boat. Be Jesus with skin on. You see, we have got to begin 
to take Christ with us everywhere we go and not try to leave Him, recognizing that He's there. I hope this is okay. okay. Miss Mary and Roy shared a story with me yesterday about stepping out to help somebody in their community. And by stepping out, it just brought people and they rallied around and people stopped saying, are they paying you? No, we're just helping them out. And people showing up to work. And, and the youngest one was Mr. Roy's age, 84, is that right? 60, right? Yeah. And they rallied together. And in rallying together, it opened the door for them to minister and step out of their boat and share Christ. And it's as simple as taking that step and walking and expecting. But it takes faith and it takes obedience. Faith and obedience. Will you do it today? How about you? How about you? I'm throwing the ball in your court now. How about you? Worship team lead us. And I'm just going to challenge you right where you're at. Some of you may need to move to this altar. You may need to come running. Say, okay, God, I surrender. I'm done. I, I, I'm stepping out of the boat. Some of you just need to verbalize it and tell somebody, hey, this is what he's telling me to do. i got to do it. Will you hold me accountable? Will you hold me accountable? Father, right now, Holy Spirit, just as Jesus stood out on the water and He looked out at the back of the boat and Peter's hollering at Him and you simply said, come. God, right now, I pray that you speak those words in this house to every individual. Get out of your boat and come. Come expecting. Come in faith believing. Walk in obedience and watch what He'll do. Father, right now, do it. Do it. Do it, Lord. Sit down.